0: It's good to be in the house of God. I say it's good to be in the house of God. One more time. First, I must give honor to God for the opportunity to stand and proclaim what he has placed on my heart. To my pastor, I want to say thank you. Ministers, thank you for your prayers. My wife, my good thing, she's here. My kids are here. Thank you for your prayers and your support. See my friend here from Miramon. Thank you for coming my new mission, family, and friends. I greet you in the name of Jesus. I want to talk to you briefly from the book of Jeremiah. Yes, sir. From the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah... Chapter 20. And we'll be reading from verse 7 through to verse 9. And it reads thus in our hearing O Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I. And has prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocketh me. For since I spake. Since I cried out. I cried out violence and spoil. Because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me and the derision daily. Yes, uh, then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak no more in his name. But the, but the word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. I want to talk to you this morning for a few minutes on the title The Purpose of God is Stronger Than Your Pain The Purpose of God is Stronger Than Your Issues Yes, sir. The purpose of God is stronger than your afflictions. Yes, sir. The purpose of God is stronger than anything that you could ever go through. Yes, sir. You see, the book of Jeremiah is written by the prophet Jeremiah, who is often called the weeping prophet. Or the prophet of loneliness because he was commanded not to marry. Jeremiah is also viewed as the reluctant prophet, yet for more than four, 40 years, he faithfully proclaimed God's judgment on Judah. Yeah. But I realized it, it is possible to adequately preach this text to preach about this protest of Jeremiah without going back to the beginning that we may understand how Jeremiah ended up in this position in the first place. So it, in chapter 1, it tells us, it shows us a young Jeremiah being called and appointed by God. And God said to Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou comest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. He's saying to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what you have is a pre-existing condition that was determined in eternity and your existence is being manifested that has taken place in time and for this particular reason. God is saying to Jeremiah, my creative act uh, is the basis of my sovereign right to call you into my service. See, God is saying to Jeremiah, you are the object of my choice. I have commissioned you. I have called you to be my mouthpiece. I have called you to be my ambassador. But it also tells us that Jeremiah claimed his inability to be a prophet based on him being a child, but the problem is, inexperience does not disqualify when God called you to be His ambassador. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ah, yes, sir. In experience, it does not disqualify when God calls. You see, David, we remember David. David was also a youth when God anointed him king over Israel. Josiah was only eight years old when he was appointed king, and Josiah reigned for 31 years. So your inexperience has no bearing on what God is calling you to do. Because the thing with God that whoever God call, he equips. Whoever God appoints, he anoints. Whoever God calls into service, he supplies with everything that you need in order to be what God is calling you to be. But we must understand that whenever we answer the call of God, the enemy is always ready to attack. So our text shows us this calculative thought of Jeremiah in response to the first of many acts of physical violence against himself. You see, when the priest Peshaw, in, in, that's in chapter 20, verse 1. When the priest Peshaw had Jeremiah beaten and put in stocks, Jeremiah, because of his experience and because of his expectation, Draw a conclusion, he said to himself If God insisted that this is my purpose, there shouldn't be so much problems. If God insists that this is what I ought to be. Why is it that I'm facing so much issues? If God insisted that this is what He created me for, why do I have so many things coming up against me? So it is in this place that Jeremiah Jeremiah is standing. And in, in this place, Jeremiah is thinking about what God has said in the beginning. But God didn't promise Jeremiah there wouldn't be pain. God didn't promise Jeremiah that there wouldn't be affliction. For a matter of fact, in chapter one, God told Jeremiah, I'm gonna be with you, I will never leave you. There, things gonna come up against you, but I will be there for you. And, and to be honest with you, a lot of times we, as believer, have the same preconceived notion that if God called me into I'm not gonna have. But the Bible said many are the afflictions of the righteous. But, the, but God delivered him from them all. But sometimes we see affliction as just pain, hurt. Some people do that as physical. But it also being afflicted emotionally. Because as believers, when we are in the world and not of the world, when we see things that is happening in the world that is so contrary to God, it should afflict our souls. Yes, you know, the Bible tells us about Job uh-huh. and how his soul was in anguish for the things that was happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes, My question is for you this morning, are your soul in anguish today? When you think about the state of the world, is your soul in anguish? Because I tell you, God's soul, God is in anguish. God hurts. And if God hurt, we also ought to hurt. Because the righteousness that he stands for is the same righteousness that we ought to stand for. So Jeremiah... Jeremiah draw this conclusion based on his experience, based on what he was going through, based on what who the person who was supposed to be, the, the, the priest of God. The, it wasn't stranger. It was this affliction was coming from someone who said. They are living by the word of God. You see, don't be surprised when you get, when you're afflicted inside the house. Don't be surprised when you're being afflicted from inside the house. It's not always, and sometimes it's going to feel so painful. To be afflicted inside a house where people are to know the Word of God, when people are to be living by the Word of God. So, so Jeremiah is in this position where it's, I understand if I'm afflicted from outside, but when I'm afflicted from inside, when I'm afflicted for, from the people who sit in position. Who should priests over God's people? You see, it is painful when you are obedient and still being afflicted. It, it seems justified when you have done something wrong. But when you are doing the will of God, when you are doing the very thing that God has called you to do and you're still being afflicted, it is painful. So Jeremiah is is conflicted and he said, Lord, you deceive me. Lord, you, you, you set me up. Lord, I didn't sign up for this. Lord, what are you allowing to happen to me? Lord, this wasn't my expectation. When I answered the call, this wasn't what I expected. Lord, Lord, what are you doing to me? But when we take a stand for righteousness there must be more than just passion and desire for God because there are going to be times when you don't like what God is allowing to come your way I got to be honest sometimes I don't sometimes I don't like God too much I love him But there are times when I don't like him too much. Based on what is going on, based on what he allows, based on what he uses to conform me, a lot of times there's stuff that I wish that I didn't have to go through. But God knows what's best for me. God knows how to mold me and make me into whatever he has called me to be. See, I I thought about my wife and I tell her sometimes we're having a conversation and my thought, what I'm thinking and the point that I'm sometimes trying to make. Sometimes she tells me some, some truth. And uh, I just look at her and say, I don't like you right now. Because I know it is exactly what I want to hear. But that wasn't what I was thinking. And God does the same way with us. But when he shows us, when he tells us truth... Are we willing to step off of what we were thinking? Are we willing to step away from what we previously believed and trust him at his word? But one thing we must understand that your feeling is nothing but a distraction. Your feelings is nothing but a distraction. God wants to hear about your feeling. He don't mind hearing about your feeling, but he will not allow you to use your feeling to justify disobedience. He want to know what you're going through when, I, when he said this. He want to know what your thought process is, but he won't allow you to use it to justify being disobedient. He won't allow you to use it to justify, to do what you want to do. Remember Moses? Everyone got called Moses and Moses said, Lord, um, this is how I feel. I can't talk for you. I can't talk for you, what God say to Moses? But hold on, Moses. Let me ask you something. Who make man mouth? I can see God just sitting there waiting on an answer. <laughs> While you're trying to justify why you can't speak to Pharaoh. And I am sending you to speak to Pharaoh. Moses, hold on. Who make your mouth? Because I'm the one who is telling you to go speak. I'm the one who made your mouth. And I'm instructing you because I know what your mouth is capable of doing. I created it. I know what is capable of coming out of it. If you just say yes and allow me to use you, you'll be surprised what can come out. Of your mouth, but before you get there, answer this question: Who made? Who made your mouth? You see, God wants the glory for which He created us. He has placed His anointing upon us. He places His fire within us not just as an enabler, but as a safeguard. Let me say that again. God has placed his fire in you. God has placed his anointing in you, not just to be able to do what he calls you to do, but also as a safeguard to protect you against you. You see, your anointing is a safeguard of God. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 18. Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 18. This is what God said to Ezekiel. Therefore... If I ask, oh, 318? Okay. Ah, oh, wrong, wrong text. That's not the one. Let me read this. Let me, let me read, um, give her the wrong verse. But what they say is, God said, When I say unto the wicked, yes, Thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked ways to save his soul the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity but his blood I will require at thy hand. So when we we think about the fire that is burning in Jeremiah it's not just a fire for Jeremiah to do What God has called him to do for the for only for God's purpose, but it also to protect Jeremiah against himself. You see, it's it's I hear someone say this and it really resonates with me. He said it's easier for me to face the devil than it is to face God. Because when I'm facing the devil, I got I have God to help me, but when I'm facing God. Who is going to help me with God? So God puts these safeguards in place because he knows that we don't want to face him. We don't want to be brought to the place where we have to face him based on what we refuse. You see, it is telling me that the anointing of God is not for God, it is for us. It protects us against our own desires that is often wrapped up in our feelings. So David understood this when he cried out to God, cast me not away from your presence, O God, and take not your Holy Spirit from me, So it doesn't matter what God takes from me. It doesn't matter how much he afflicts me. It doesn't matter what God does. As long as he doesn't take his anointing. As long as he don't take his fire from me. Because if he takes the anointing from me, I'm in trouble. We see Saul anointed to be king. And halfway 13 years in, he loses his anointing. We saw the misery that Saul went through, chasing after his own shadow. Because there's no way you can touch David who God has anointed to replace you. But because he lost his anointing, he spent all his time, instead of sleeping in his bed, running all over Israel, chasing the next person who God has placed in line. See, for a long time, I just didn't understand this statement. I used to hear believers say, I just couldn't help myself. I just couldn't, and I'm thinking like, what oh, you mean you couldn't help yourself? Like I, I, I know that God gives free will. So I can not help myself didn't make much sense to me. But, 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 but when God called me to, to, to preach, I, I began to understand what, what, what was happening. You see, when God calls you and God appoints you, there is anointing that God places on you. And it's not that the free will doesn't exist anymore, but the power of the, of the anointing. The, the anointing is so good that makes you want to say, yes, Lord, the anointing is so good that you can't help but agreeing to what God is saying. So Jeremiah get to experience the anointing of God in a way that he had never experienced it before. He thought he could have said no. He thought he could refuse. But the scripture said, when I said I wasn't going to say nothing, after there was a fire That begin to build up in my soul. And I just couldn't stay. I had to go right back to doing what God has called me to do. I couldn't I couldn't help it. (laughs) Oh, I couldn't help it. (laughs) I didn't like the affliction. It, it hurt I felt like I was set up I felt like God pulled a fast one on me and I, and I didn't want to do it but the more I said no the more the fire was turned up the more I refused the more the anointing was building up to the point where I said Lord you are stronger than me you are stronger than I. Your purpose in me is greater than any pain I could go through. Your purpose in me is greater than any suffering. See Jeremiah found out from, from the fire that he don't get to sit down on this. Jeremiah find out That that, that the purpose was greater than his pain. Jeremiah find out that he don't get to quit. You You see, you don't get to throw in the towel. If God has anointed you, if God has appointed you, if God has placed purpose in you, you don't get to throw in the towel. Can you, I wonder this morning, can you see the fire? Can you see the anointing in Christ when He said, I must do the will of Him who sent me? Can you see the anointing in Him when He said, Lord, if it's possible, take this cup from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but thou, their will be done? Can you see the anointing? In, 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 in Paul, this is what they say about Paul, beaten and thrown off a cliff, left for dead. As a matter of fact, they left him alone because they thought he was dead. And the anointing, the fire, caused Paul to get back up and went right back to preaching. Because Paul realized it doesn't matter what our face. I can't get away from this. I got to do what God has purpose in me. So we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 24 to 7. Paul said, of the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes, save one. Trice I beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Twice I suffered shipwreck." A night and a day I have been in the deep in journeys often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils amongst folk brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchful and watching often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting and often, in cold and darkness. But in spite of all that. There is this fire that is in my soul. In spite of what I go through, I got to keep on moving because of this fire that is within my bones. So you may ask, preacher, how do you get this far? How do you get this far? First thing you have to do is you have to response, respond favorably to the call of God in your life. You have to respond. You have to say yes. Because if you notice, in spite of Jeremiah's argument that he was a youth, he still responded yes. Number two, you have to be obedient to the word of God. You have to walk in his word in obedience, do what thus say the Lord. Because when you think about the place Jeremiah got to, when he tried to say no, there was so much of walking and obedience to God before he got to that place. So by the time he got to that place, the fire was already established. The fire was already, it's too late now. You see, the Bible said, Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is older, he shall not depart from it. Here's Jeremiah at the place where he's older. And the pressures of life, the pressures of his surroundings start to come up against him. But it's too late. The fire is already within Jeremiah. It's too late. But... There, there, you, there is a pre-existing condition that we have to first get past in order to receive this fire. Because the Bible tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Pre-existing condition. But he also tells us that. He also tells us that. What? Can wash away my sins. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It also the, the, the also the song also let us know that there is a fountain that is filled with blood that is drawn from Emmanuel's vein. It tells us that it is where sinners plunge beneath, lose all their guilty state. The songwriter said, I know it was the blood. (laughs) I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. Oh, I wish somebody had that testimony today. I wish somebody else had that testimony today that can say, I know it was the blood. I don't care what your opinion is. I don't care what other people believe it is. But for me, I know, I know, I know, I know that it was the blood. It said, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Oh, very deeply, staying within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea, he heard. One day he heard. One day I cried out. One day he revealed himself to me. One day I cried out. And he lifted from the water, he lifted me now. Safe. Am I? It doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter where you who you think you are. You need this fire of God. Because only the power of God, only the word of God can sustain you when you go through troubles. Especially when you are walking in his word. Amen. Amen. And it doesn't seem to make sense of why so much trouble. Yes, you, it's always that trouble in my way. I have to cry sometimes. Trouble is going to come. But do you have the fire on the inside? That can sustain you. That will keep you. This is not about religion. So if it's religion is what you have. You really don't have nothing at all. We need a relationship with God. We have to come through the blood of Christ. If now we have nothing to sustain us. Nothing else is able. Nothing else can keep us. But the power of God. So I want to remind. If you don't remember nothing today. Just remember. That the purpose of God in your life. Is stronger. Than any pain. Any suffering. Any affliction. You could ever go through in your life. But you got to make sure that you have the fire of God in your soul. God bless you.